Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a live episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, recording it via Locker Room. We'll see if anybody jumps on, but in the meantime, uh, this will be the podcast for Monday, June 14th. Uh, And this is, of course, Locked On Boston Bruins, a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and we're here every day, despite the fact the Bruins have been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, what do you need to know? Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do so via whatever podcast app you use. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed, free to download, rate, review, enjoy, uh, listen at your leisure. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. If you are on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, it's Locked On Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. I should mention that uh, we also have a Locked On NHL podcast. Uh, so if you need more hockey news, Locked On NHL is here to fill that gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. Now, I thought for today's episode, we would kind of take a look at some of the big questions facing the Boston Bruins this offseason. Obviously, we're all still pretty disappointed about the fact that the Bruins were eliminated by the New York Islanders in six games. Uh, If you missed Friday's episode, you would have heard me uh, or if you heard that episode, if you missed it, (laughs) I went over uh, some of the major noteworthy uh, comments from Bruins players in their postseason media availabilities. Just to go over that uh, real quick again, uh, Kevin Miller said he likely would have been cleared to play if the Bruins had forced a game seven against the Islanders. He missed the final seven games of the postseason after suffering a concussion on a high hit uh, delivered by Washington's Dmitry Orlov in game four of the first round. Uh, we'll obviously talk about the merits of Kevin Miller uh, having been brought back this past season. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the players did say that he was missed. He's a valuable piece. And um, his presence, yeah, if they had forced a game seven, could have been uh, a boost both um, mentally for the players off the ice as well as on the ice. Brandon Carlo, he was sidelined for the remainder of the postseason by a heavy hit suffered from Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, He said it was a clean hit, a great hit. He didn't have any issues with it, Uh, but he said it was definitely questionable if he was going to make it through the protocol steps uh, for Game 7. He said he felt good off the ice, on the ice, Uh, he felt pretty dizzy skating. So he probably wouldn't have been ready until at least uh, the beginning of a series against Tampa Bay. 
Uh, Patrice Bergeron said he had been dealing with chronic groin issues for the last several years. This we already knew. He said he held up fine this year, which is great news. He's entering the final season of his eight-year, $55 million contract. Uh, not yet sure how long he wants to continue playing. He's going to take it year by year to see how his body feels. So that's somewhat significant. You know, he's the captain, uh, the heart of the team, and he's got one year left on his contract. Uh, we'll see if he is able to play beyond that and kind of what his contract looks like. That's not a question uh, yet for this offseason. That'll be a question for next offseason. Uh, Craig Smith revealed that he played through a groin injury in the second round. Uh, he won't need surgery, missed just one game. He said he thought the medical staff did the best they could. Obviously, uh, short timing, working a lot between games to get things back to where they wanted them. Uh, they had a couple days off. They took care of it. And they were able to manage it from there on out. So good news that he won't require surgery. Uh, Steve Kampfer is recovering from surgery. He kind of poo-pooed uh, the notion that he was off to the KHL. There was some talk that he had maybe shut things down early and that he wanted to get the surgery done so that he could be ready for the KHL season. He said he's had some offers but hasn't signed anything officially. Doesn't seem as though he will be back either way. Uh, Curtis Lazar had a sprained MCL and a bruised ACL. Won't require surgery, and he'll be good to go in about a week's time. Jeremy Lozon wore a splint during uh, the second round. Uh, he missed time earlier in the season with a broken hand that required surgery. It was good enough for him to play and play hard. We all remember the turnover. Uh, to set up the Casey Sezikis overtime winner that was much uh, criticized. Uh, I said on Friday that we should probably tap the brakes a bit on criticizing uh, Jeremy Lozon too heavily because of the fact that he uh, was playing with injured hands pretty much all season. And then the big stories, like I covered on Friday, uh, were David Krejci uh, saying he's going to take some time before making a decision. Uh, Taylor Hall definitely saying that he wants to stick around in Boston and he's not looking for money at this point in his career, that he's looking for the best fit. So that bodes well for uh, him resigning. And then Tuka Rask uh, expecting to miss about five or six months after um, he will have surgery to return a, sorry, to repair a torn labrum in his hip. He'll have surgery soon. And, um, yeah, he'll be ready to go in January or February, which is quite something, uh, considering he uh, is an unrestricted free agent. He played on this injury and, um, you know, he, uh, like I said, won't be able to go until 2022. Uh, and we'll see how that affects, you know, whether he signs in this offseason, whether they wait to sign him after he is recovered or if he's fully recovered. Uh, I did mention on Twitter the other day that, not to make a direct comparison, of course, but um, Tim Thomas underwent surgery to repair a torn labrum in his hip back in 2010. And we all know what happened next. Not saying that, you know, Tim Thomas or Tuka Rask is going to come back and win the cup for the Bruins, but just to say that Tim Thomas was older at that point. Uh, he had that surgery. 
he was able to come back and then have that remarkable run the next season uh, where he, you know, was a, a Vesna type guy for the Boston Bruins. And of course won the Con Smythe trophy that year as well. He also won the Vesna in 2011. So there's a precedent for kind of uh, guys later or mid thirties getting the surgery playing well for the Bruins. Again, not saying it's guaranteed that Rask is going to come back and be as good as uh, Tim Thomas was, but uh, just, I thought that was an interesting, uh, interesting note to mention there. Anyways, Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more with Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. When you make a purchase between June 8th and 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So that brings me to off-season questions for the Boston Bruins and what will be the biggest questions facing this team. I mentioned to Garask, if we kind of work our way out from the net and then uh, through the defense and up to the forwards, obviously the big questions will be who will be the starter on opening night. Uh, to Garask is an unrestricted free agent. Yaroslav Halak is an unrestricted free agent. Callum Booth is a restricted free agent. Uh, he might come back if they want some depth in net. Uh, but obviously, Jeremy Swayman and Dan Vladar will be the prime candidates to step in uh, and take over that starter role. Now, I think, I, who was it? I think it might have been Billy Jaffe on the radio over the weekend saying that he thought a plan could be for Dan Vladar to be, you know, either number one or number two heading into next season and giving Swayman the starters role in uh, Providence just so that he can get as much playing time as possible with a view to him being the starter, you know, either later in the season or for 2022, 2023. Uh, Vladar has a year more of experience and perhaps Swayman would be best served, uh, you know, starting in Providence and getting true number one duties, which he probably wouldn't get in uh, Boston at this point. That would mean they would probably need to sign a uh, free agent goalie to step in and help carry the load until Tuka Rask is indeed back. And this is, of course, thinking that they will indeed re-sign Tuca, which uh, I'm very much in favor of. If we look at free agent goaltenders uh, for next season, who are some of the big uh, candidates? I mentioned 
on an earlier podcast. Uh, who was it? Somebody from Buffalo had asked about Linus Olmark. He's a, he's a good candidate to uh, be signed. Had a 917 save percentage for the lowly Buffalo Sabres last year. He's 27. He could maybe fill in in a pinch. Some of the bigger name goalies that will be available, Frederick Anderson, Pekarine. That's an intriguing option, actually. Um, I think he's kind of in the same boat as Rask, where he wants to finish his career with uh, the team that he's played for his whole career, the Nashville Predators. But UC Saros really took over the number one role there. So perhaps the Bruins uh, take a or sign a, you know, fellow Finn in Pecorine, and he can try to carry the load until Rask is back. Uh, there's Devin Dubnik, Antti Ranta, James Reimer. That would be pretty interesting. Uh, Philip Grubauer is probably the biggest name out there, and he'll be in very high demand. But Peter Mrazek, uh, Jonathan Bernier, David Riddich, uh, even Yaroslav Halak, perhaps they'll bring him back. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, he could be an unrestricted free agent. He might be uh, looking to play again after his heart surgery. Uh, he had signed with the Washington Capitals and wasn't able to suit up with them uh, this season. So, yeah, some very intriguing options in net for the Boston Bruins to sign as kind of Tuka Rask insurance and to um, help spot or mentor Dan Vladar and Jeremy Swayman uh, in net. So that's kind of the big questions facing the Boston Bruins. Who will be the starter on opening night? Will they, will they go with Dan Vladar? Will they go with Jeremy Swayman? Who will be up? Who will be down in Providence? And will they sign a veteran goaltender in order to help carry the load until Tugarask is back? And will they re-sign Tugarask? That, I mean, it's still up in the air. I think there's an appetite on both sides to bring him back. He's the best goalie in franchise history, the winningest goalie in the regular season and the playoffs. He was still very good this year, despite playing with this uh, torn labrum. And, uh, you know, while there was a significant drop off in his performance from the first round to the second round, I still think, uh, you know, once he's fixed up, that there's still a lot there. Uh, for keeping this core together and giving him uh, another couple chances to win a cup uh, as the starting goalie for the Boston Bruins. Having said that, Ladar and Swayman, clearly the goalies of the future, and uh, one of them will likely be up uh, with the Bruins to begin 2021-2022. On defense, there's quite a few more questions. Um you know, I mentioned Kevin Miller earlier. He is an unrestricted free agent. I really don't know if they should be looking to re-sign him. There's a huge, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess I would say a bad taste in Bruins fans' mouths after he was re-signed on the first day of free agency last year. Um, signed for more than what Zdeno Chara signed for with the Washington Capitals. And, you know, he had his Zoom availability at the same time that Tory Krug was re-signed. Uh, he was limited due to injuries uh, this season, uh, only played 28 games, uh, four in the playoffs. And as much as he's liked in the room, it's probably time to uh, move on 
uh, fully from there. Um, who else? Brandon Carlo is a restricted free agent. He's going to need a new deal. He obviously had some concussion issues uh, this season, and he missed the end of the playoffs. Also missed a bunch of games after that Tom Wilson hit. Uh, he's only 24 years old. He said in his Zoom availability that he didn't think that, uh, you know, the concussions will have a long-term effect on him uh, in terms of his ability to uh, keep playing. He said overall he's very, feeling very good. Obviously disappointing, uh, but not sure. Again, he would have been able to make it back, but he d- still does think that he has a long playing career ahead of him. Uh, there's no reason not to think that. And so we'll see here if um, he signed to a long-term deal. I would expect it would be more of a short-term kind of bridge-type deal to make sure that he's healthy, make sure that he can play regular, consistent minutes, and um, that he can you know, remain a mainstay in the Bruins' uh, top four. Another interesting option is, is Mike Riley. He looked very good coming over from the Ottawa Senators early on. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily love his game in the playoffs. He's 27. He's an unrestricted free agent. I think it would be worth bringing him back because he did look, uh, you know, pretty good. I don't know if Carlo's the right pairing for him, uh, but we'll see if the Bruins are able to fit him under the cap or whether he gets some other offers elsewhere and, uh, you know, he chooses to sign with another team. Those are pretty much the main uh, free agents for the Bruins on defense. Uh, Looking at the um, AHL roster, there's not really anybody there. The big question will be, are they comfortable with their top four? And do they look to perhaps make a trade or explore uh, free agency in order to bring in uh, some more help on the blue line? Uh, Speaking of potential trades, Jake DeBrusque probably would be the most likely candidate to be traded, especially if the Bruins do re-sign Taylor Hall. Uh, DeBrusque in and out of the lineup on the fourth line. If you look at the depth chart on the left side, you see that they have Marchand, Hall, uh, Nick Ritchie, Trent Frederick, some of the younger guys that could push for playing time like Jacob Lauko. Uh, DeBrusque on Friday said he does need to revamp some stuff. There was a lot of factors that went into his year, things that he could control, things that he couldn't. He dealt with a lot of negativity. His haters had a lot to say this year. His mindset is an interesting place right now. I think he did really struggle mentally this season. Every year it's obviously different, disappointing. Obviously, while hopes were high, he was disappointed in himself and and disappointed in the team results. He's looking forward to the offseason, and he's got a lot to prove. Now, again, whether or not that's with the Bruins or if it is with another team, like I said, he would obviously be a logical candidate to be flipped uh, for uh, some help on the blue line. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It comes in nine amazing flavors, and when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about theirs. If you don't know the flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's really something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the nine flavors, you can get a mixed box, and it will contain 
two of each of the nine flavors. Now, not only are they great tasting, but they're also healthy too. They're 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, around 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online and the NBA and NHL playoffs, as well as UFC and MMA, keep going on. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action as teams continue their runs to league championships. Before the next game, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Head to their website or use your mobile device right now to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. With Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When it comes to defensive free agents, uh, let's see who some of the top players might be. I know one name that I've already seen floated around is Seth Jones in um, Columbus. He has said that he likely won't re-sign with the Blue Jackets when he got, becomes a free agent. He is, you know, expected to um, make himself available on the open market uh, for next season. So do the Columbus Blue Jackets look to trade him and kind of get ahead of that? Uh, Who knows? But whether or not there's a huge market for him, I don't really think the Bruins fit for him because of, you know, uh, the fact that, um, Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy are on the right side. Uh, do you trade one of those guys? Probably not, uh, but we'll see if they kind of make uh, a run for him. I, I would kind of doubt it, and I don't think it would be worth exploring that anyways. Um, yeah, when it comes to free agents this summer uh, on defense, these are kind of the names that you would be looking at. Alex Edler. Um, Matt Niskanen, Dougie Hamilton is a free agent. Again, he's a right-hand guy. He'd probably, yeah, he would step in right behind McAvoy on the depth chart, but he is going to come at uh, quite a high price. There's some names that the Bruins had been looking at uh, in in trade talks, I believe. Alex Goligoski, uh, Ryan Murray from uh, New Jersey. He's 27 years old. He was pretty highly touted coming out of junior drafted you know second overall bit of a miss there but still a serviceable player um alec martinez that would be a great addition he's currently still playing uh with the vegas golden knights a big uh a big part of their uh, championship hopes so those are some guys that could be looked at that was a question all season long for boston the left side in particular wasn't quite addressed do they still you know, see what they have in Jeremy Lozon and Jacobs Borrell. Uh, do they give your whole Vakaninen more of a shot? Uh, do they think Jack Ashan is ready to step in and play heavier minutes as a 24-year-old? Uh, we'll see what happens there. But those are some of the bigger questions facing the Bruins on defense. When it comes to up front, 
I already mentioned Jake DeBrusque. Is he a trade candidate? Uh, do they re-sign David Krejci? Do they re-sign Taylor Hall? Do they re-sign Sean Corrali? Anton Bleed and Greg McKaig are also unrestricted free agents. When it comes to Sean Corrali, he said that they hadn't had any talks as of yet. And I, for one, would not be surprised if the Bruins decide to move on from Sean Corrali. Wasn't really up to uh, par this season. He said he loves the city. He loves the fans. He loves being part of the team, the teammates he has here. He calls Boston home. Uh, but again, if you look at the depth chart, you have Bergeron, possibly Krejci, Coyle uh, down the middle. Then you have uh, Jack Stanika looking to make a jump. Uh, Trent Frederick can play center. Um, there are some other options. Oscar Steen, you know, Jack Stanika is the guy for me that should be uh, jumping in. And um, yeah, I, I don't really see Sean Corrali. And then, of course, uh, there is Curtis Lazar, who played a fourth line center, and he's still under contract for another season. So the biggest questions in my mind are is David Krejci back? And. Can they re-sign him at a more reasonable rate? Uh, can they re-sign Taylor Hall? Is he indeed willing to back up his claim that it's not about the money? He's willing to sign where it's a better fit. Um, and will he sign a three-year deal or so with the Boston Bruins for less than what he might make on the open market? Somewhere, you know, $6 million per se. Um, and then there's some restrictive free agents. They also have to sign Nick Ritchie. He's coming off a $1.5-ish million contract. Uh, made big steps this season. Seventh man. Uh, he's only 25. Uh, I would assume that there's an appetite to bring him back, but at what number? And then there is Andre Kasha, who uh, Ritchie said he's been in touch with Kasha. He was limited to, you know, very few minutes this season because of concussion issues. One suffered in the second game of the season, and then that was re-aggravated in his attempt to come back later in the season. Uh, did they re-sign him? Did they try to send him elsewhere? Um, what's, what's the deal there? To qualify him, it will be about 2.6. Uh, seems like a lot to commit to a guy with those major concussion issues. Maybe they can package him in a trade, and a team might be willing to you know, see if they can get some value out of him. Uh, he's only 25. He's wildly talented. I would love to see him uh, be able to play and stick with the Bruins, but that's obviously a big question mark. Another big question mark is Zach Sinitian. He's a restricted free agent. He only made $700,000 this past season. Do the Bruins re-sign him and see if they have anything there? Did they cut bait? Uh, he did look okay in his limited time with the Bruins. Uh, that was derailed by a shoulder injury. He only appeared in eight games for the Bruins this season with uh, no points to his credit. In 13 games with the Providence Bruins, he had um, seven goals and six assists. So pretty decent numbers in the AHL. Couldn't quite uh, find his groove at the NHL level. But... Uh, yeah, again, they would just need to qualify him as a restrictive free agent. I still think it's worth seeing what he has there. I did see an interesting article in The Athletic from Ian Mendez, uh, who covers the Ottawa Senators, 
uh, looking at a potential deal involving Logan Brown. He's kind of in the same situation as Zach Sinitian. He was drafted 11th overall in the 2016 NHL entry draft. Hasn't quite um, been able to crack the NHL roster. And so Mendez was looking at, you know, similar players drafted in the first round who might benefit from a change of scenery. And if there's one team that Sinitian, I think, could benefit from moving to, it might be the Senators since he is uh, an Ottawa area guy. And um, that could be a deal. Brown is uh, more of a center. Always good to have depth at that position. And uh, yeah, that could be an interesting trade as well. Here on Monday, Don Sweeney and I believe Cam Neely, possibly Bruce Cassidy, will be addressing the media. So on tomorrow's podcast, I will certainly recap what we learned from uh, those fellas about kind of their look outlook for the offseason. A potential question could be, will there be any changes to the front office, to the coaching staff, uh, to the presidency? Um, I don't anticipate anything like that. The one idea I've seen floated around could possibly see happening is, uh, let's say, um, Don Sweeney is bumped up to kind of a director of hockey operations role, and they bring a guy like uh, Jeff Gorton back to serve as the general manager. He was let go by the New York Rangers, and he was a vital part of the Boston management group when they were building this current core. He was the guy who pulled off the the Rask for Raycroft trade. He was the guy who drafted Marchand, Lucic, maybe even Krejci. And uh, I could see that happening, maybe giving Sweeney more of a view from above. But at the moment, I don't anticipate any uh, changes when it comes to the coaching staff or the – management office as well. Perhaps, you know, one of uh, Jay Pandolfo or Joe Sacco or Kevin Dean get some looks elsewhere as head coaches, but um, I would think that the coaching staff would stay the same heading forward. So those are kind of my big questions heading into the offseason for the Boston Bruins. And if you have any questions, don't forget, I will be uh, holding a mailbag segment regularly uh, on Wednesday through the off season, so you can send those to me at ENC McLaren or at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter if you have any questions that you'd like to pose uh, to me. Uh, but again, up front, the main free agents to deal with are Krejci, Hall, uh, Crowley likely gone, and then restricted free agents. You have uh, uh, Andre Kasha, Nick Ritchie. Uh, Zach Sinitian and also Cameron Hughes who looked pretty good in his limited time with the Bruins so what players did they bring back did they try to infuse some more youth into the lineup and um, yeah do they do they make some trades do they look to, to trade guys who could benefit from a change of scenery such as a, a John Moore perhaps a Jake DeBrusque um, and I forgot to mention Jared Tenorti. He's also an unrestricted free agent. Did they bring him back uh, on a cheap deal? That's definitely possible. He he was good in a pinch. Keep in mind, David Backus is coming off the books. They paid him $1.5 as part of uh, that trade last season. 
So yeah, I think that pretty much covers it for all the the hot questions facing the Boston Bruins this offseason. Again, uh, please hit me up if you have any questions. Um, not watching Tampa and the Islanders today as I record this. Just too painful to watch so far. Uh, but the Vegas Golden Knights will be in action on Monday against the Montreal Canadiens. If you can believe it, uh, they're the team that I will be rooting for, the Canadiens. Uh, I like the underdogs. I like Nick Suzuki. I like Cole Caulfield. And uh, I think that uh, they would be a, a pretty entertaining in the meantime, uh, my wife and I will be checking out season or part two of Lupin, which is a great show on Netflix. And I've really gotten into the uh, F1 show on Netflix as well. Uh, not a racing fan at all, but it's a very well done show. And it really inter- introduces you well to the characters, uh, some storylines in F1. I'm still on the first season, so I uh, haven't really gotten into current events, but once I catch up, uh, I might very well become uh, an F1 fan. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. I hope you're all doing well. Had a great weekend. Uh, things are slowly opening up here in Ontario, so it was nice to be able to have some deck drinks um, uh, uh, over the weekend uh, and get out and, yeah, enjoy some more uh, things around town. And, um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Please remember to hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Each new episode in your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. And we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for those who popped in and listened. Uh, I apologize if I missed your request to speak, but I will be sure to do that next time as we do a more of an interactive locker room. Take care, friends. And uh, yeah, have uh, have a great Monday.